Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller, and I am joined, as always, by Vinny Kiyomko Yap. Hello. And the lovely and talented Mrs. Megan Whitsker. Hello. So I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to alternate between introducing you guys. Like, sometimes we Vinny, sometimes we Megan. Keep everybody She gave guessing. us a look. She gave us really a look. I did see the look. I did see the look. I was like... I saw it happening. I was like, I'm not going to look at her screen. I'm not going to look at her screen. <laughs> I, I, should we do like a Corona countdown? Like, bum, 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 bum. It's day 47 of Corona. Yeah, I, I just like, this is, so I was on a call the other day with Annie Hickman for a Catholic Dad podcast. And he was yes. like, does it feel like the days are just flying by for you? And I was like, yeah, no, not at all. Like, I feel like it's just going on forever. I don't well, know. It feels like the days... Like while you're in the day, it's going slow, but it doesn't feel like I've been in my home for five weeks. Yeah. Okay. I get you. Like five weeks is a long time. If I were to th feel like I was in my home for five weeks, I might start to feel like I'm crazy. Yeah. I think you just can't look at it that way. You kind of, yeah. although I, I was singing every day is the same as the next uh, this morning as I was making my coffee, <laughs> sort of my own tune. Every day is just like the other. Every day is just the same. Yeah. I'm sort of. It is getting a little bit. I think that's bit. the first sign, though. I think that's the first sign of going crazy. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, I am not, I know this, I'm not cut out for submarine life. I could never be oh. a submariner. Mm -hmm. uh, I could never be a space station guy. Um, no. Oh, that, that's an article I should have thrown in. I just saw that this morning, that there were a group of astronauts that had just come back, and the world looked incredibly different after being on the International oh, Space Station. crazy. That was one of my, one of my favorite tweets. Um, was something to the effect of all those people who gave up social media for Atlanta are going to be, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> or when it was Jared, it was Jared Leto, Jared Leto, Leto, the bad Jared joker. Leto. Leto. Yes, him. Uh, he was on some sort of like <laughs> weird, like silent retreat in the mountains. Like uh, for Jared like, Leto. he does stuff like that. Anyway, but he was gone totally away off the grid. And then for like three weeks and then came back and found out about this. That's so funny. That is awesome. So Jared Leto too. Like yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I met him I like once. He was kind really? of a weirdo. He's yeah. I was at a I was at a concert. He was where kind of a weirdo. Really? That's surprising. He was kind of a weirdo. Really? No, but really? Like, I don't believe like, you. Okay, you see him on stage and in movies and you're like, you're kind of a weirdo, like from that angle. But when you when you meet I mean, this was two thousand eleven, um when on the release of one of 30 seconds to Mars's albums. And like, I went up and had a CD and they were like signing it. And I was talking to the guys and you know, all the other guys were super cool. And I got to Jared Leto and he had like white gloves on and like glasses. And mind you, it was like eight 30 at night. I will be honest in my mind. He's sort of a Kardashian. Like, I don't know why he's famous. <laughs> all right. Like, and I, I get, I'll give you, I'm the middle-aged representative here, but I don't know why other than the Joker, which he was hor horrific as in my mind, his, uh, he was, he was in suicide squad very briefly as the Joker. And even that was too much. And that movie was a train wreck. Anyway, that was Green yeah. Lantern. Yeah. Yes, I really so wanted bad. to peel that apart. That would be yeah. easy. <laughs> I remember I, I watched and this, we're totally off topic already. This is great. Um, I watched Suicide Squad on a plane because I was trapped on a plane. I thought, well, why not? It can't be as bad as everybody says. It was absolutely it was, as bad it as was, everyone says. It's garbage. It was it's hot garbage. It was a flaming, flaming dumpster fire of cinema. Um, well, hey, we actually have a, an afternoon morning show full of some interesting stuff, some interesting articles yes. this week, getting back to some of our, our core positions such as fear of robots um and yeah. I, I feel good about that so i thought maybe we would jump right in with um some serious sort of some serious sort of stuff i don't know if it's serious but did you see the article so in in uh you know the big christ the redeemer statue down in brazil yeah beautiful beautiful statue one of the things that they did on easter sunday apparently was they projected like a doctor's uniform onto the jesus statue yeah. Yeah. And then images of nurses. What was your take on that? I, I, will, I will hold my thoughts. What was your take? I feel like that's weird. I understand wanting to like honor people who are working hard and like sacrificing themselves getting sick and taking it to their families. And I guess I kind of see it like Jesus, like the ultimate helper kind of thing. Right. But, He's the physician. Healer. 
But I just feel like that was weird. That was a weird thing to do. Yeah, Vinny. I was looking at it from the technical side and being like, that's a solid projector. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I will tell you that whole video like, mapping projector tech. I want to do that at, at St. Martha's or local parish. I would love to video map the front of the church for Christmas and just oh. have it be like a, like a thing. Like every Christmas we do, I would, oh, I would love oh, to do that. that. would I be don't, so cool. Unbelievable. Cause we have such a cool architectural front yep. side note. Yeah. So technologically very cool. Yeah. But very cool. I, I'm going to say I'm with you, Megan. It felt to me almost as if we were transposing our faith onto something else and projecting it literally onto Christ. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That was weird to me. Like they could, like it's Easter. This is literally about Christ. What? Yeah. Like, can you do it another day even? Like if you have to do it, pick another day. There's so much to focus on for Easter as it is. Right. Oh, yeah. Like there's an image with like a picture of a nurse projected onto the chest of Christ. Yeah which is weird. And then there was one where they had him like full on doctor's outfit with like a stethoscope around his neck mm-hmm. and, and like mm-hmm. a mask. And I get, he is, he is the divine physician, right? Like that's true, yeah. but that's not what this was about. This was about thanking doctors yeah. projecting their images onto Jesus, which again, there, there's some self-sacrifice. There's some Christ likeness, but yeah. But it was just projecting onto for the mentality sounds like it was just projecting onto a structure less of less about what the structure was and do who it was so yeah i think that the like putting like the doctor's clothes on jesus like that's probably more appropriate like yes i, I thought sure. that was very cool like christ be the hands of the doctors working or whatever like okay yeah, like sure a sure. better step in that direction if we have to go there there other, might have been a cool other way. people on Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the flags of several countries affected by the outbreak were also projected on the monument. Um, I just felt, it, and again, the Archbishop celebrated Mass at the base of the statue during the light show. It just seems like we're missing something important. Using message to send during a Mass, especially. Yes, I would agree. Well, okay, um, so that was the one thing I was confused about, though, was so the Archbishop. Like, was the city government doing the projection yes. onto the statue? And then the yes. archbishop was just like, we're going to do mass there. I think they was a cooperative effort. Ah. But but again, like, a massive Thanksgiving, thanking doctors with a light show during mass is a weird thing because the mass is the ultimate gift. Uh, it's an act of thanksgiving yeah. to the father, you know what I mean? Like through the son, you know, it's sacrifice. The Eucharist is a thanksgiving offering, right? Like of this, it, yeah, I don't, it's just very, very, I don't like it. I'm, and I don't like change. I'm old. And uh, <laughs> that's part of it. I also don't like change. Yeah, there you go. I clutched my heart. I was like, you know, that's where I was at. Yes. So anyway, that, I'm glad we got to talk about that. I, you know, but again, that, the whole video mapping thing, I, you know, they've done this very on, cool. on um, very, cool. very cool. They've done it on Notre Dame where they've done yeah. that. And again, it's weird because there is a lot of secular projection yeah. on this. They've used like really interesting church uh, buildings to do these kind of secular presentations, which I don't mm. agree with. But if the church got their holds on this and did like some actual cool stuff, like it, yeah. Christmas story would be cool. Yeah. Christmas story would be cool. Christmas story would be sweet, They could have just man. projected, like, a crown of thorns on him, maybe. Like, oh, heck yeah. Up to it. Like, they could have done a lot with that. Yeah, there was right. a better way to go about it than the way they did. Yeah, I mean, that there's you could really have done some cool things with, like, the resurrected Christ, you know. Um, or even projecting the Easter story, the tomb, and the resurrection, and then, like, to try to kind of make him radiant in, in that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think if we did that at St. Martha, because we've got these really cool arches, you could do the whole like um, the whole Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem and then finding the the, the you know the, mm-hmm. the, the stable. Cool. I can say stable, right? You know, I mean, you could do some really neat stuff with the video mapping. They're mm-hmm. actually the systems are becoming more and more affordable. I've, I've actually looked into it for Everyday Catholic for kind of a, a thing where I'm looking at doing like an Everyday Catholic live. Hey. Um, and how cool would it be to like video? Because you can go in and and like record you can like video map a, a church pretty quickly and then have some stock pieces but to be able to be talking about the mass and then have it video mapping Dude, like the background cool. so that you could just highlight the altar when you're talking about the sacrifice of yeah. like the eucharist or highlight the lectern you know what i mean so you could really use the whole oh it'd be sick that'd be cool yeah. it's a really cool idea 
Brad. What's that? Chris is trying to get real bougie. Bougie? I don't. What, <laughs> moving on. Young hipsters confuse Chris. Anyway, but I think it is. It is. I. I. It, it kind of with the story though. It is. It is interesting how we want to be profound. We just, I, I, I just, there was, I think this was a, a bad, a bad take. I think it was a bad take. It, it's good to thank doctors. We should thank doctors. And maybe even doing this presentation, not during the mass would have been better. Yeah. But, um, must have been that amazing to so see. Common sense though, too. Like we don't yeah. do stuff during mass. That like. Right. No, you. Yeah. No. Well, no. I mean, in a, in a time where people are trying to get inventive and creative with things like. I mean, the church, the church had no idea what to do when all this hit, and they were like, "We have to do what now? We have to put mass on the internet and and live stream." And even that, right. like on a parish level, was like, "Okay, so how do we do that?" And had like meeting after meeting of what that looked like. Okay, okay. this was not on our slate of things to talk about. The live stream mass. What's your take? I've, I've, you know, I, I'm gonna, I, keep, I always say, "What's your take?" and then I give my opinion. <laughs> so I'm trying not to do that this show. I'm not like, "What's your take?" Here's what I think. You know, like that's. I'm, I'm terrible. Did you like it? I did. Here's what I'm telling you, you know, um, ah, I'm a, anyway, so what's your take? How are you guys doing with the live stream mass? Are you doing live stream mass? Uh, and, and yes. So I am doing both, but that's, again, that's also because one day a week I'm at like on Sunday, I'm doing the one, one o'clock Spanish mass. I'm live streaming. So like I'm there present for it, but I'm not, I can't, I can't be active in it because in reality it's supposed to be me and the priest. Realistically, it's just supposed to be the priest in the room with the way guidelines are. Um, as long as you're six feet away or like 10 feet. Well, away yeah. Or whatever. Um, but I try my best to not like respond too loudly. Um, right. Out of respect for the people who are listening. So I, I get both. Um, Cause in the mornings I either tune in for St. St. Martha's um, or San Francisco Solano's out in Orange County. Right. Yep. So I'm Megan, where are you going? Um, we have tried multiple. <laughs> okay, that's where I'm getting. I was I was curious about this. Yes, you. So you're you're oh, church hoppers. We're not very. Um, and we're kind of <laughs> church hoppers by nature, anyways. Right. Um, okay. We're very committed to St. Martha's, and we came up here when we were living in Fallbrook. Even like this is our home, but we're also not very committed to anything. We just kind of hop around. Um, right. but I'm trying to find one, I don't know. It's hard for me. Like, I feel like we were just getting to a point age wise with the girls where like we were sending Addie off to little church and we just had the little one and then we did mass and I was like, just getting into like a finally like good parental space of <laughs> participating in mass. And it's been four years right. of trying to do it. And so that like just happened. And then now we're trying to do it at home and I'm even more distracted than when we were sitting in church because at least she would sit still for a little bit of it. <laughs> like if we're right. at home, they're running and asking for stuff. And I don't know, I saw that you posted something, Chris, and I have it open on my browser so I can read it when someone stops bugging me. <laughs> and <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any tips in there. Wow, your Corona's <laughs> showing. Um, just like <laughs> <laughs> Every time yeah. I read something on my phone, someone comes up to talk to me again. Oh, I know. And that, that is the hard thing. You know, as my wife and I just had this conversation about teachers send kids out for recess right? Like the teacher is not with the students for six hours every day. They go out for recess. They go out for, um, they go out for centers. They go out for lunch. Right. But as a parent, we're like 24, seven, seven days a week, you know, um, my wife this is so funny. I'll get back to the mass thing. We, my wife and I were in our room watching a show, talking to each other, hanging out for about an hour before we realized that Ben had snuck in back to his tent in our room and was there with us sleeping in the room. Like we did not know he was there. And my wife goes, wait, is someone else in here? And then we're like, what, huh? And we're looking around, like, there he was, just camped out. While he'd been watching, apparently he'd been watching Parks and Rec with us and had fallen asleep during it. He was just very <laughs> sneaky. Um, so anyway. I have found with the light, with the, with the mass at home, we've hopped a little bit. We started with father Leo paddling hug and I love father Leo. Um, and so part of that was, I feel like he is just, he's a member, like he's a member of my family, even though he's never met my family. Like I just, he is one of my favorite people. I, I just treasure the times I get to be with him or talk with him. And so I thought, okay, well I'll share father Leo's mass with my family. And it was neat because he was doing it from his parents' basement. Um, and I loved it because it was like, uh, he literally starts the first one like, 
okay, I'm doing this for my mom's basement. So if it looks like we're in a Filipino lady's basement, it's because we're in a Filipino yeah. lady's basement. <laughs> um, you know, and it was great. And, and it, you can hear his family like uh, praying along. And um, there's something very intimate about our living room to their basement, you know, or our living room. At one point in the dining room, like our, our room to their, I like that. I like the continuity of our home to your home, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so very genuine. Uh, and then he, he did a couple outside, like Palm Sunday did outside. And we just thought, well, the sound was a little bit off and it was hard to see. And so we, we jumped to Father Mike Schmitz for that one um, at, the, at the University of Minnesota Duluth. And Father Mike Schmitz. He's on our docks on Sunday. I hate to tell you what, man. You can't go wrong with Father Mike. I will say this, though. Um, Father Mike gives a long homily, which is amazing. But yeah. in the context of the home mass with my littles, maybe not the best bet. Yeah. And then we moved to Bishop Barron um, because my brother-in-law, Alan, uh, who's really one of my mentors in faith, um, I'm really more my brother than brother-in-law. I've known him since he, he married my sister when I was like five or something. So um, <laughs> he's my, you know, I mean, like, I don't think you can get like he he's, you know, he's seen me run around the house in my underwear when I was like a five-year-old. So we're brothers um, <laughs> anyway, but like <laughs> he, um, he really has been talking about how, how good Bishop Barron has been. So we plugged in there and I like it a lot because it's, it's in a, it's in a chapel or a church, but it's very simply presented. Mm. Um, and I have, my take has been the more simply the mass has been presented, the easier it is for us to get into it. Cause it does, it feels continuous. Mm. It doesn't feel like we're watching, we're watching the mass coming to you live from St. Martha's. You know, it feels yeah. just like, yeah. yeah, I like that, you know? Yeah. That's my, that's turn. that, that would be my one issue with the live stream stuff is just like, depending on where they're live, where they're like recording it and live streaming from, like if the camera's too far away, it feels too like disconnected. If it's too close, it's kind of like, Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't know. There, there have been a couple of other masses that I've watched um, just from like friends parishes that are like, Hey, check this out. Um, still weird. Like, I don't think I'll ever get used to like live streaming. I've become okay with it. Um, accept it? Yeah. yeah. I've, that's, in all honesty, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, I have come to accept that that's where we're at. And if I don't have to go in to record cause someone else is covering that day, I'll pick one that I'll know most of the people. So I was like, okay, there's this familiarity that I've got with it. If I'm not watching St. Martha's, but other than that, it's just, it still feels weird to me. Yeah. I can get comfortable with it. I'll tell you what, like I, 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 in, in some respects, it's been very profound for us. Like we, um, we, you know, the, and I, I keep going back to the uh, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word. Right. And I'm like, we're under my roof. He's here. That's like, that's, there's something cool. And we, and we go through the whole thing. Like we, we get dressed up for mass. We kneel, we stand, we respond. Um, and yeah, it's a challenge with the little guys. I mean, uh, it's, I got to tell you what, it's a lot easier to deal with taking a little guy out of mass when you can just go put him in timeout. Um, thing, you know, um, you know, so our little, our two-year-old's done a couple mass timeouts. Um, oh, but like on, on Easter Sunday, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. He's, he's removed to the upper room as it were. Uh, and, uh, and then he'll come that's back, the, you know, I sorry, I sorry. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but like I, on, on Easter, we, we had mass, we went to, we, we went with word on fire and Bishop Barron. And Bishop Barron talked about the reality of the crucifixion. Like this was, this is something that happened. It's not a myth. Myths are in general, like they kind of have like once upon a time or, or in a, a long time ago in a land far, far away. Right. Like they, that's what a myth is like, but this is like, no, at this time in this place, this happened and we were witnesses to it. And, you know, I've heard that before, but it was really cool. Cause my teens were like, after, after mass, we say, well, what did you hear? What stood out to you? And my teen said, wow, I really liked how we talked about, I really needed to hear that. And for me, that like, that's a huge win, right? I don't, I can't think of the last time we've come out of mass, uh, like present where my teens had something to say about the homily. Mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes it's not the homily. Sometimes it's just the prayers of the faithful, but there's less sort of going on. So there's yeah. more focus on what's happened. So I think, honestly, I think it's a primer that will be, I'm hoping will be more involved 
when we go back to mass at the parish, I'm hoping that we'll be more involved because we are used to focusing on what's happening. Yeah. I don't know. True. We are working very hard on like bedtime routines and like nap routines. And we're really bad at that in general as parents. Um, So the last two weeks we've been working really hard. So our goal this week is to do mass during nap time to see if maybe we can focus a little bit. Yeah, we've been doing um, prayer time, trying to do prayer time during nap time. So we'll do our, our decade of the rosary and our Bible verse and our divine mercy chaplet. Um, and sometimes that works. But but what happened is the toddler, um, the only person who goes to nap time is the toddler. And so he knows that Ben gets to stay up to do prayer. So he now is adamant. He has to. And he's terrible. Um, <laughs> but you, I tell you, there's something Ben has taken the divine mercy chaplet on as his thing. Cute. And so he will, he wants to lead like a decade of the divine mercy chaplet. And it's the cutest thing. Did I tell you this right? It is the cutest no, thing I've ever heard for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy. <laughs> I mean, it's just so cute. Oh my gosh. It's so cute. Um, I need to record it and sell it. Yes. Cause that's, yeah. that's life. No, it's so cute. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. And then when we, when we do our intentions, I don't know why, and maybe I already told you this, but he always, he always prays for Kenny Rogers. Always. What? I have no idea why. <laughs> But he's always, you know, who are we? Okay, for Kenny Rogers. For the repose of the soul of Kenny Rogers, we pray. Because he is he is just adopted Kenny Rogers as the person whose soul he is praying for. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Addie was kind of more introduced to prayer when I was pregnant this last time around. And so she still finds, like, for the baby and mommy's tummy to grow strong. Something like that. Grow strong. Like, <laughs> she's here. She's too strong. She's not praying for that. Literally in the other room napping. She's literally too strong. I need you to stop praying for it. Yeah. We're going to take a little bit of a pause on that. You know, Um, mommy just finished being pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of people who are coming to grips with the mass online. And, you know, there's some families I've talked to who aren't even doing it. They're, they're doing a prayer service at home, which you can do. I mean, you can just read yeah. the liturgy of the word and do kind of an agape. Um, and that's okay. I just think for us, we, needed to, we need to stay connected to the practice of going to mass every Sunday. Um, and I want to, I want to have that as something that's a signpost in my kid's life because I know that they'll go away to college and they'll be tempted to wander. Right. But if this yeah. has been such a, a firmly planted signpost in their life, that, that, that will draw them back. So that's, that is my desire. My hope. That's why we're doing it. And I think it's, I think it's working, you know, or whatever that means. I just yeah. miss being at mass in community. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. I definitely miss like hard. Well, and I, th- I think for you too, I know my kids miss it too. Um, they're missing life team. They're missing edge. You know, they're missing yeah. that, that part. I'm, you know, I, I, and I miss, heck, I, I, I remember, I have a good friend, Tony at, at St. Martha's who I haven't seen in forever. And uh, the last time we went to mass as a family, the only time we went to mass as a family since Ben has had cancer, I saw him after I'm like, Hey, we're back. It's life is getting normal again. And I can't wait to do coffee with you soon. And us going to be so great. And we'll get together for like a date as couples and <laughs> no Corona <laughs> and Corona Corona tide. Um, yeah. So COVID tide. I think I'm gonna call it COVID because Corona has, well, Corona beer has stopped bottling because their sales have gone down so badly. It's ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing. That's true. I say drink the Corona, spit in the eye of the virus. Take that. That's how you ward it off. You drink the Corona to fight the Corona. What if uh, that was a thing that would be so Oh man, I want to start that. It's that is that it, yeah, it's not going to give it to you. It's like that's how you get over it. You build antibodies by drinking Corona beer. That's how you do it. Uh, They've been onto something for years and we just didn't know it. Yeah. (laughs) Matt worked as Beer Friday. So at four o'clock on Fridays, if people take turns getting whatever for everyone. And so that last Friday before, it was when the governor said that they were going to be shutting down the businesses. Um, they went and got packs of Corona. <laughs> and I yeah. Really yes. <laughs> so I did when we, we did a, we did that. We actually did get a case of Corona um, for, for the time. And I, uh, I was like, wow, this would be funny. Ha <laughs> ha. I was like, you know what? No, it's not even that great. I'll be honest. I no, it's, it's not, not very good. good. <laughs> the reason you put the lime in is it because it needs the lime. needs the lime. You can't drink it without yeah. Lime. No, no, without that lime, it is skunky. It's just not even um, an option. Like you no. said, don't have lime, mm, I'll drink water. Right. 
Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, back I, to back. Go, go ahead, Vinny. One more, one last no, comment on just, the Corona. Yeah, I said I I bought a case and was like, this would be funny, and then I'm still like, yeah, it's still not a great beer. No, I regret <laughs> it. I regret my choices. And I don't. I don't even drink. You know, we have one like every other week, but every other week I'm like, you know, we chose unwisely. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um. So n- another story here in the news that I wanted to touch base on because it it it's interesting. The the tentacles of this thing are so crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Like every every sector of our economy is being being affected. Um. I'm I'm following some casting directors on Twitter. I don't know why. I just am. And uh, you know, the way it's affected that industry is is interesting, and how they're grappling with just how do you make commercials, right? And so what they're doing is they're recutting old commercials and they're putting new voiceover with it. Wow. Whoa. Right. That's the way they do it. Um, But there was a story in the Huffington Post, which I feel bad. I'm even quoting from the Huffington Post. Um, And it's a Florida judge ruled that an ER doctor could not have custody of her child due to COVID-19 risk. I thought, wow. Yeah. Um, Did you guys have a chance to take a look at that one? Yep. Yeah. Um, Essentially, you know, you've got a custody fight going on here, a man versus his wife. The wife is the ER doctor, and it just seems so. Um, and again, I you know I hate news stories like this because you do not know the whole yeah. facts of the case, right? right. Well, they, like they don't even they don't even tell you like like anything about the husband or the ex husband. They're just like she's you know she's getting her child taken away to the husband. Like they're they're not right. even painting. They're, they're not even painting the whole story. I mean, granted, it's sad. I think it's a little, like, rash. And one of the one of the points that she had made was, like, if I was married. No, it, right. No, if, no big deal. Like, but I know for a fact, I've got doctor friends who are who are worried. I mean, they, they oh, like, well, I, yeah. I've talked to nurses at Ben's Clinic where they're like, yeah, we're, you know, you're worried about bringing it home to your family. Um, my yeah. my sister in law is a is a labor and delivery nurse, and it's it is sort of a scary thing. Mm-hmm. She can't see my father in law now because she's going in every day. She's got to deliver babies. Some of those moms are coming in with COVID symptoms, and um, you know, and it is scary. And you know, I've read articles about ER doctors who are are living in the basement because they're worried about giving it to their family, you know, or they're just not coming home in New York. Yeah. They're worried about giving it to their family. And so it is a weird situation. It does seem a little bit, um, this one's a tricky yes. one. That's not that tricky. Yeah. It just seems terrible. It's it just, just terrible. It kind of paints the husband in a bad light too, because he only filed for a shared for full custody last week because of coronavirus. Like he's just trying right. to like prey on her during this time. Yeah. Like he's just waiting. It sounds, it sounds dirty. Like it, like it sounds know? like, it sounds like he was a complete opportunist yeah, and he might been. very well have been. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Do you know? Um, I just think it's. I, I. It is a weird thing, though, to say that judges are ruling you cannot have. This is where you know there's this whole constitutional crisis that's happening right now, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, right? But like, there's the very real truth is that our rights are being infringed upon in a way that has never happened before. Mm-hmm. Because of this thing, we can't gather for masses. Uh, we can't go shopping. You know that um, you know that, you know our right to to gather has been suspended. Um, and that's there's that's a big question of why, how, and why, and when, right? Mm-hmm. And here's another situation where someone's rights are being infringed upon because of this thing. And is that right? Is that just? And who gets to make that call? And yeah. now does this set a precedent, right? Does this ER doctor's, this judge's ruling set a precedent so that now any doctor who's in a divorce situation can lose their children because they're going out and sacrificing themselves on the behalf of other people? Yeah. Right. That is a scary thing. Is, is this, like, did he make that ruling to where, like, this is the case now? Like, dad has full custody, not full custody until we can reassess after this is over? Um, I think it's a temporary one. It is temporary. Yeah. She says she's she's trying to fight the ruling. Right. Now, it's, but again, so I don't know if you've seen the guidelines on how we're going to reopen our country that were published yesterday. No, Um, I haven't read that yet. I know they came out, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. So essentially, what the federal government has come out and said that there'll be stages. And stage one, it would be after 14 days of a state or region has declining numbers of new cases. 
So you have to have like two weeks of, of, of declining numbers, new cases, then they're going to limit the opening, which means um, essentially you, it's, it's a, it's very limited. It's, it's not much different than where we are right now. I can't remember the exact of this. Um, but you know, if you are not at risk, you can start going out to work with some social distancing. Um, you can start going out and shopping, you know, with social distancing, you can do other things that with the social distancing, if, um, you know, if that works, then they go to stage two, which is people go back to work. Um, you can start having public gatherings like masses um, or sporting gatherings or whatever. Um, and, uh, and, but it's, it's a very, you know, it's very staged. It, I guess what I'm saying is after reading it, it ain't happening anytime soon in no. places like New York or California no. um, or, you know, and so this woman's custody of her child could be for a year. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, who knows? Um, so it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird troubling thing. I don't even know. I mean, I, I just, I, I think there's some overreach. That's all I'm saying. I think it's overreach. Yeah. I, I, this is such a, yeah, I think there's some overreach. I would definitely agree with that. It's yeah. just a where weird. I would draw the line because it's still so like kind of murky in general, like what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Yeah. So I think there's overreach, but I don't know where I would pull it back yeah. Because the, like right. the, it's it's the thought process, like in some sense makes sense, but there the yeah Megan, there's so much we don't know that like the thought process makes sense, but the harshness of the ruling doesn't warrant what's actually going on. Right, and I guess you know let's put it this way: um, the child is not in an at-risk group. Yeah. No. Right. So what? But then, you know, but if you're sharing custody and dad lives with grandma, who's, you know, um, in an at-risk group, there's some tentacles there. But is that mom's fault? You know, I think in an in, in a, in ideal world, and I think, you know, where you would hope, well, one, in an ideal world, they wouldn't be divorced, right? Like, yeah, um, you know, divorce sucks. And I think that's probably maybe, maybe emphasize that point is what I think we should do here on the Everyday uh, our afternoon morning show. Um, this is one of the reasons divorce sucks because it puts yeah. you in these weird situations. Um, but in an ideal world, they would work together, right? Absolutely. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this weird ruling because of it. Right. Just say, Hey, I'm worried about our daughter. Oh my gosh. I'm so worried too. How can we set this up so you can be with her, but we know she's safe. Um, is there a way we can set up somewhere she lives at my house, but you can come over and we can do the six, you know, the six feet thing. And maybe you guys can hang out on Saturday nights or, or, you know, cause I know you're so stressed out. I, you know, like there's like compassion that I guess that's yeah. what's lost. Compassion is lost. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, I hope. even, even outside of just this story, like compassion has been lost. Even if you just go out for one thing, like you walk around, everybody's got masks on, but people look at you like, don't, don't even come near me. See, you know, I like, haven't, yeah, I get that. I also have had a lot of neighbors waving though. You know, we're there's way more waving than we used to do. We're all waving. I mean, I wave at my neighbors because it's my neighbor. So yeah, everybody's waving. I feel like again, I keep saying this. It looks like Canada. I mean, people are walking I, everywhere. You know. I agree, and like Matt and I aren't really good at being like socially, like hey guys, like kind of thing. As a rule, I don't like Not people. Nature. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But now we're even just like, hey, how are you doing? Like to everyone walking by while we're doing our sidewalk chalk and. Absolutely. Like, hey, what's your dog's name? And like, Addie's out chit chatting to everyone across the street. Mm. And none of us are really like that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But I think, I think there's just a normal, I, I wish, I, I wish that we could formalize that. And I don't know how to say that, but like, if there's anything I'd like to see change in our culture is that, right. That we continue to do that. We continue to go for walks. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, this conversation I had with Annie Hickman, that question of what do we put back into life? Like we've, we've taken out everything, right? And I think, I, I don't, me I, and a lot of people are realizing my life was stupid busy and I didn't need it to be. Yeah. So what do I put back in on the other side? You know, there are people who are like, my, my brother and I were talking on the phone and he said, you know, I, you, know you realize how dumb work travel is 90% of the time, mm -hmm. right? We can just do this on a Zoom call like, or, or, or Google Meet. Yeah. That's my favorite meme is like, I guess this meeting could have been an email because now everything yeah. is email. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or that, or that flight I had to take to New York to have a two hour meeting 
could have literally happened from home on a Zoom call. I didn't need to fly to New York and waste three days. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and, you know, so will we add that back in? Or, you know, tell, working from home, how many people are learning? How many businesses are learning? Hey, this works. Yeah. I hope they're learning that. I hope it is working. Because, I, like, the average commute from here where we live is like an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, gosh, if people could just go to their office or, or go to a, wherever their home office is and get to work and not do that and then have all the dumb meetings this way on, on like video conferencing, well, how much life are they getting back, right? Like that's cool, you know? So I, I hope that's our takeaway from, from this, this COVID-19 is that we can rebuild our lives in a way that makes sense and is healthy for our families and healthy for us. That would be awesome. Yeah, I definitely think when everything reopens, there's going to be a huge imbalance. It's going to be trying to refine it again. I think everybody's got at least for young adults, they're going to kind of go nuts. They're like party because they maybe. Be but but again, I I but the, the issue is it's not going to reopen like that. Yeah. it's going to reopen slowly and gradually, and you know, and that I think will be a challenge too. Well, um, I think that's going to be the challenge for a lot of the young adults is that they're yep. going to see the first flag down is like let's go. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, and again, they're not in at risk categories. So, but just, you know, yeah, like people going home to their parents or whatever. Yeah. I know it's all those, it's all those millennials living in their parents' basements. That's what yeah. it is. It's, uh, yes. you know. Blame them. <laughs> hey, speaking of unhealthy choices, uh, it looks like this was a, a new coast to coast driving record was set amidst the coronavirus shutdown. Yes. This is one of my favorite stories I've seen. Yes. So a cannonball coast to coast driving record was so um, stoked for this one because it's so like what an opportunistic moment you shoot your shot right you so win. what so what this is is a is a, a team of of young men i think from what i gather from the article and it it would have to be I, it I would think. have to be <laughs> um they said to have used a late model Audi A8L to make a run in 26 hours, 38 minutes, beating the record of 27 hours, 25 minutes set late last year. And that is a run from coast to coast. That is driving across from the New United York States. LA. 26 hours and 38 minutes. Crazy. Yes. And, but that is, okay, so I'm, that is, it's beautiful. It it's really beautiful, is. Right? This is, this is America. You see your <laughs> shot, you take it. This is what it's all about right here. Right. And you know, because okay, so literally, uh, driving sleepy is more dangerous than drunk driving, um, because when you drive sleep deprived, you fall asleep, you micro sleep, right? And when you micro sleep, you don't, you're not delayed reaction like you would be drunk driving. You are no reaction, no reaction, right? And yeah. so if you're gonna do something crazy and stupid, do it when no one's on the road. There's no traffic. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's true. Yeah. Um, have you guys done, have you ever done the, the, uh, the cannonball driving where you've done like a stretch of days or like a day, a drive or like an overnight or any of that stuff? Yeah. What's that? Like, like driving to Steubenville and back. Yeah, totally. Just driving yeah. straight to Steubenville, no stops. Yeah. Yeah. We did that overnight and it was in the winter with Ashley and, um, Anna, her mom. And <laughs> it was December and we're driving through the Rocky Mountains at two in the morning and everyone's sleeping and it was my turn to drive and it was the most oh horrifying thing I've ever done in my entire life. It was so scary. I was going like seven miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I've never driven in snow before. Let's do it at two in the morning in the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, so while it's snowing, so it's you can't yeah. see in front of you. Right. <laughs> uh, a couple what about you, Vinny? A couple friends and I um I mean it wasn't from state to state, but we we booked it back from uh, San Luis Obispo to Nuevo. And when normally that's like a four and a half, five hour drive. Oh, that doesn't count. Four and a half, I mean, five hours. But it's at like midnight. So how long? Yeah, I get that. Early. I did that once coming back from Sacramento with, uh, with the Francis Band. After we did an event in Sacramento, we, we, we left after the event and drove back overnight and that was it was it's hairy overnight driving is hairy there's no question yeah. you know i think that's as close as it's gotten just because i don't like anytime i go out of state unless we're going to like arizona for steubenville or youth ministry conference like most of the time we give ourselves enough time to not have to book it like that so, so i went to college in southern california and a big thing to do would be like hey let's go to vegas 
you know, at like oh. 11 o'clock on a Friday, right? <laughs> Let's just go to Vegas, you know? And, yeah, cool. And then we would do that. And then we get there like, this is, why do we do this? I'm tired. I want to go home. Yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm broke. Why, why did I do this? I this do was this. a bad idea. Um, so then you have to drive back because you're, you didn't have any place to stay. So you just oh, like a round trip to Vegas, a Vegas round trip. So <laughs> Yeah, that was dumb. Uh, again, it never, ever, cool. ever lived up to the hype. It never lived up to the hype. It was always like, this is going to be amazing. We get there. We're like, no, it's one in the morning. So no one is out, right? And except for the desperate people at the at slot machines, it was bad. Yeah. It's not good. I feel like that's just everybody's idea of Vegas. So it's like, this is going to be great. Get out there and go, this was, this was a terrible idea. I'll tell you what, I, my, I, Las Vegas, I have a mixed feeling about Las Vegas. I do. I love the idea of going away with my spouse to a nice hotel where they have a fantastic pool and going and like hanging out at the pool and going to see a show. Like I, that is, sounds great. I do not like the idea of a city where the streets are lined with pornography. Um, yes. And I, you know, and that and there's every just. Every pool is like a, one of those pool parties. Yeah. Right. Oh, they, I haven't been there since that started, you know, like the, the pool party thing. I have not either. I've no, okay. never been to Vegas, but I know a lot of people who go. Okay. <laughs> General yeah. understanding. Yeah. I've yeah. had friends that have been like, let's, let's go to Vegas for a birthday or something. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to yeah. spend my weekend walking around streets filled with everybody else and swimming in a pool that's basically people soup. No, nah, I'm good. Thanks. People soup is definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's not like it's not like going to the community pool. This is like there are hundreds of people in the pool all at the same time and people are just drinking way too much. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm gonna go back to the room and sleep and introvert for a minute. Hey, I'm gonna change subjects because we're we are crushing in our time slot here. Um, have you guys done any baking uh lately? I was just telling Vic that we made biscuits just now. Well, there you go. Was it Great British Baking Show style, folding them in? You know, well, nicely nice. it was Matt. I ate them. And he posted <laughs> them on Instagram with the caption. And it is my responsibility to announce the winner of this week's baking challenge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, when you say biscuits, Great British Baking Show style, British biscuits are cookies. Wrong. Wrong. Okay. I don't. I don't know what kind it is then. I don't know what they would call were, it. Biscuits were for they us. Just, were they just biscuits for us? They're just like the tear them apart yeah. and really yeah, dough, like, like really soft, soft and cushy. Yeah. The nice. visible layers. You know? Visible. Oh, yes. So you, oh, they're there, flaky. They're was flaky. there yeast involved? I think is the question we need to ask. There was not because you can't find yeast anywhere right now. Which brings well, me to our next story. Nice segue, Megan. Um, <laughs> segue. Did you know you can make yeast at home? Okay, do you see how difficult it is to do that? <laughs> <laughs> but you can't like, do it. Like, not worth it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a story on BoardPanda.com, which apparently is a website. Um, and I, I think this is how desperate we are to find stories for the afternoon morning show with BoardPanda. <laughs> Board a biologist is surprised to see yeast being hoarded and decides to teach people how to make it at home. I, I got to be honest, when I read the headline, I thought this is a great way to get explosive diarrhea. That was yeah. really my first take. I feel like this is a bad, yeah. this is a way to feel bloated and uncomfortable because you've released some horrific thing into your body. Um, yeah. So it, it seemed hard, Megan? Yeah, like you have to get dried fruit and I don't, it was it a lot like of processes. There was a part of it that sounded like, are we making liquor in our toilet? Is this prison Honestly. wine? Is that is what I'm doing? Wine? <laughs> Honestly. And he's like, is yeah. he waiting for bubbles? And I don't want to wait for bubbles. That's right, terrible. yeah. That means you have so, to yeah. start days out when you want to bake. Yeah. It was a multi okay, so the way this happened was a, a biologist started like a Twitter stream about it. And I'm looking at the directions and it is like one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. This is an exciting, exciting podcast. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. It's a lot. Okay, let me put there's some multiple steps here in his but in his not tweet very storm. Specific steps. Like he didn't tell you how much of anything to put in. Nope. Yeah. Just like grab some dried fruit, do some of this, splash some of that. Well, I think it's not okay, let me put it this way. I think it's not as complicated 
as and, and maybe that's the whole point of this. Like if you need yeast, you can make it. It's it's a multi-day process, but it isn't it isn't brain surgery, as it were. You know, yeah. It's literally just letting nature do what nature does. Right. I'm very bad at that. So maybe that's true difficult for me. Well, yeah. And I, again, I think I, I do think there's a, a margin for food poisoning here that seems a little high for my taste. Yeah. Yeah. A higher um, margin for food poisoning. Yeah. Well, you right. can, I mean, you can really screw up what you're doing and make people sick with us. That seemed like that would be my take. Although I have seen lots of people making like sourdough starters, right? That's been a thing, yeah. which is essentially the same thing. You're just growing a specific type of yeast, right? For sourdough. I have no idea what starter means. Everyone's talking about their freaking starter. And I'm like, <laughs> so what's it's, going on it's, here? It's basically the yeast solution that when you pour it into the dough, it actually helps it like rise. So it's like right. the, the, the base catalyst to help the actual like rise of the dough. Right. And sourdough, you're going to very, it gets a very specific, it's a specific kind of way you do that yeah. to create that sour flavor in your dough. And actually sourdough bread tastes different depending on where it was made because that yeast is going to be different depending on what's in your yeah. environment. And that's, I think why they say San Francisco sourdough is so good specifically. Like it, it, it generates the good sourdough yeast. I feel like that's the most talking about something I don't know about as if I know about it. Well, I've done I it in a while. Something just now, so thank you. There you go. Or you didn't. And that's, yeah. that's the, that's the afternoon morning show. I used um, to work in a bakery. Did I or did I? Okay. So Vinny, okay. Vinny actually has knowledge of this. Vinny worked yeah. in a bakery. Are you talking about this, Chris? Yeah. I don't know. Cause well, I no, like to pretend so I know like things. Most, most of the time I, I did more of like the muffins and things like that. Like the more pastry style stuff in the French bakery. But there were there were moments where I had to like pull starters out um, to get like bigger batches of like French bread and things like that. What that would go to Costco or, or Walmart or things like that. Um, so a lot of times, like I would get there at like midnight while one of the guys was actually like creating and building a starter that would be used the next like week. Yeah. So <clears throat> there you go. So you can do it. It has been done for generations. I think that's more the point. This has been done. This is how bread was made for generations, right? Like yeah. this is part of our, our shared humanity. Mm. I wonder if people yeast. will continue making bread after this. What's that? I wonder if people will continue making bread after this. I don't know. I mean, I hope so, right? Because this is, I mean, we, okay, I, full disclosure, we haven't made bread. <laughs> made bread, my probably. I gotta bleep that out. My daughter made bread. <laughs> I know. My daughter made bread once, um, and it was gone like that. It was disappeared so quickly, and I have not been able to get her to make bread again. She made cake last night. She refuses to make anything that's not sweet. Um, Sundays this morning for breakfast. You made what for breakfast? Ice cream Sundays. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Rules are out <laughs> again with the bribing the sleep situation. It's been three nights of our certain goal. She met it, so she gets ice cream Sunday for breakfast. I love that. I love that. Wow. Now I will say, okay, back to the yeast thing. I got two pounds of yeast from Sam's Club. You did two pounds. I did. I because we went to the very early morning. Um, you can go if you have someone who's immune suppressed or if you're an oldster thing, and uh, and they do they do like um. What? They go in and they'll do your shopping for you, and and then they bring it to your car. And so I did that, and they I we I, we ordered yeast and they got it. So it was cool. So uh, we have that yeast. Yeah. Yeah. Places like Sam's and Costco are pretty stocked up on stuff right now. Well, that's actually that was a story that didn't make the lineup today, but uh, dairy <clears throat> farmers are actually dumping milk because the demand is not there and prices have gone down so low. And even vegetable farmers are 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 plowing under the fields because 45% of the milk production was going to restaurants and schools and oh. they're not taking it anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. And at the same time, Costco is limiting how much milk you can buy. Yep. Right. Yeah. So if you can only, and like my family, we need, if we're going to drink milk like we normally do, that's like five to six gallons a week. Right. What? We can only buy. Two, oh yeah, dude. It's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. I thought you, you were going to like two gallons a week, which sounds. No, like no, 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 no. Oh okay. Just cereal. Just cereal is like a, oh no, yeah. you don't even know. <laughs> your family's, um, but your family's like a regular, like cereal morning breakfast kind of family. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I've we had to make a food pantry. They're just cereal for days. We oh. had to make a deal with our second grader. You can wake up at what any time you want to. Go downstairs and watch as much TV as you want to, and eat as, and eat. The, just don't come in and bother me. 
just yeah. wake up. <laughs> so he's waking up at like five thirty and binging Pokemon and having like two or three bowls of cereal and just that's that's the way he rolls. Oh he's God. living his best life. Nice, <laughs> best life. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, man. But yeah, we go through a lot, a lot of milk. But anyway, so that's that's happening, right? So that's a thing. Mm-hmm. That is a. Uh, very strange. It's a strange. The tentacles. The tentacles the of the, tent- the COVID. The tentacles I've of Corona. I've milk for the first time in my life. We had three gallons in the freezer. Came out. Yeah. Just, I was really nervous about the defrosting and whatnot. But yeah. It's fine. I've got two gallons in my freezer right now. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was a thing that people did. Did you do that before this? No. Oh no no no. Okay. No. Can I tell you that this is going to be a weird observation that only a person who's had children can make? When you freeze milk, it looks like breast milk. Like, because I've only ever seen like frozen breast milk at this point, right? And it's, it's kind of yellowish when you it does. freeze breast milk, right? It does that's exactly yeah. yes. And so then I we froze our our whole milk that we have, and I I, I went opened up the freezer like, well, I'll be darned. I did not know that. That's just, that's just what, who knew? So just like, a, and so there's a part of me that opens up the fridge and I look and I see two giant jugs of breast milk, which is not what it is, but that's what it kind of looks like. So now I was making the observation to myself. I didn't say it out loud to anyone. So thank you for the validation. I have apparently that's what the, that's this is the <laughs> afternoon morning show. Uh, <laughs> so what are they? What do you expect? This is yeah. The, this is so hey, show. um, I, we have so many good stories to talk about this week. We're maybe gonna go long, um, and that's okay because we're we're we can and and hopefully people hopefully people are enjoying this. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm in, I am and I don't care. Um. Uh, so we have a great story here about a mutant enzyme. This is a really neat story. Um, should we go mutant enzyme or or robot swarms? What do we want to do? Because both have I would the potential say to destroy enzyme us. Enzyme into robot swarms mainly. Because I like I it. On the mutant enzyme, they do. I love these technology stories. It's like it'll either be the best thing ever, or it will or kill us kill. in our sleep. Yeah. Um, Usually, <laughs> my one thing. I was reading this article, and so the basis of it is. They've created this mutant enzyme that breaks down like the PET, like plastic. That when it when this enzyme breaks down like the soda bottle plastic and you know that the lightweight but tough plastic that most liquids right. that we buy from the stores come in, it gets the, broken the, down and it either gets incinerated. Right, that island of of plastic in the Pacific, right? Yeah. This is what we're talking about. This is the kind yeah. of stuff. It's all the water bottles that everybody's carrying around with them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But then they have, like, they, there's a specific, like, microorganism that they have taken that they found that over a certain period of time, it'll break down that plastic into an actual reusable, like, synthetic that can be put back into use again. Right, because the problem with recycling is that typically it's very difficult to get a clean recycle, right? Yeah. So you end up with sort of a gray plastic that no one wants to use, and so it ends up being incinerated anyway, yeah. right? And so this, what it does is it breaks it down such a way that you can then recycle it um, into component parts so that you can make clean plastic from it again. So it just mm-hmm. revolutionizes the recycling process in essence. Um, yeah, I mean, so it continue. But – in order to do that and also to get the process to speed up, because they said it takes like how many hours or days for the enzyme just itself to break everything down. So they have mutated it. Well, to- I didn't just- know that it's not to break it down. They literally use the word digest. Right. And that just makes me feel gross. So I just need to note that. <laughs> well, by digesting I, well, it, 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 it the plastic. There's the, maybe it's because we're in co- this COVID tide, um, and and more and more it is looking like this was created in a Chinese laboratory. I mean yeah. that is more and more what you know. The Washington Post just put that out there that this very much a China's story about where it came from is is not it's, good. Yeah. Um, no, and good. B, there were serious concerns about this lab. Um, so anytime we're mutating enzymes to eat things now, this just sort of, uh, in, in light of this, yeah. Yeah, this is how we get pandemic too, or zombies. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. it just all sounds Plastic straight out of a movie to me. I just feel like, you know, you'd be talking to somebody and all of a sudden they would just start disintegrating. It'd be sort of like uh, in, uh, in oh, gosh, the, the blip, man. It'd be like the blip. People would just start ah. fading, you know, and yeah. they start going, you know, yeah, that's my take. That's oh, my take. Left. Infinity War. Yeah. Infinity War. <laughs> no. Just half of humanity suddenly just fades to dust um, because the mutant enzyme that was released that was going to save us has killed us all. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my. Just I don't feel well. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had my little tinfoil hat on with this all this China stuff for the last two weeks solid. Oh no. Oh. I'm just diving it's down the rabbit hole. It's not good for me, but I've been doing what it. What does this sound like out of Megan? What is this? There's so much. It's so easy to, to go know. conspiracy theory here because it, a China is an evil evil empire. Period. You know. Yeah. If there's anybody, if there's any country that would birth Darth Vader, it would be China. Well, I, I just they they lie. <laughs> it's an evil I mean, they, empire. We know they my, lie. my brain immediately. Yeah, the way that was presented was that someone in like this small village ate a bat or whatever. But Wuhan is a big industrial city. It's one of their big ones. And like all of like the car dealership, like car companies have big places down there, like the technological, biological, like city. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So of course they made it in Wuhan where they had their huge biology place. Like it yeah. just makes sense. Yeah, there's nothing. It's just, this is just crazy. And then, and then you can get down the conspiracy theories about our own government too, right? Like, so we've got conspiracy oh, yeah. theories about Wuhan. You got conspiracy theories about our own government. Like this is, this is our government and this is a new world order that's happening and we're all going to be, you know, all of that. Um, man, it just, yeah, you can go nuts. I, I think yeah. that is, that personally is hard because you don't want to be the one who's like a sheep, right? I don't want to be sheeple. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't want to lose my mind. Yeah. Um, so, so buy guns. That's what I say. No. Um, just... <laughs> I, was, I have to be completely honest. That was not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, That's I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump. So we got mutant enzymes on the one hand. And then we have on the other hand, scientists have figured out how to 3d print insect like robots in minutes. Um, and, and why? I love this. <laughs> Someone tell me what, why. Yeah, they can do it uh, cheaply, quickly, and without using exotic equipment. The trick is to print flexoskeletons or rigid material 3D printed onto flexible, thin polycarbonate sheets. Um, so the idea is that they can make robot swarms. That is a word they use in the yes. article. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, again, robot swarms that can accomplish tasks at least as well as large monolithic machines. So the idea is you could you could very quickly create a swarm of robots, then that that could then create other things that would make a big machine to do. So like if I wanted to say build a building or make a car, rather than using giant machines, I would quickly print robot swarms that could go like yeah. and start building the things that I would want to do. Hero Six. I was just gonna say yes. that. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> That, that exactly right. And then I was also thinking of the Mummy Returns with all those little beetles. They were like oh, forming yeah. everything. Yeah. No. I I think this oh. is again this if if the if the enzyme has the potential to eat us, I think this also has the potential to go bad. Like and Big Hero Six is a great example. Yeah. <laughs> big. This is where we're at. Um, yeah. We, we are Big Hero Six. We like the Big Hero Six. <laughs> right. But it's a great example because I don't think Hero intended his creation to be evil right no, no, no one ever does well no, no one ever i know probably does but, but most people <laughs> don't. like people don't yep. usually intend for it to be bad they all think it's going to save the world mm -mm. Mm -mm, no, yeah no. and that's and that's uh, that's not a hardware issue that's a software issue and you can't always track software right so, i mean on the one hand it is exciting to think that we could quickly produce robot swarms that could do complex manufacturing because if you can do that i mean then then we're looking at the reality of a, a possible world without work right yeah um and and again a world without work could be terrifying because that means there's no jobs or it could mean that everybody you know the idea of a universal income right like in this new future world you won't have to pay for groceries because groceries will be produced by robots and we'll all just share alike, right? I love that idea. Um, that I think Vinny just got himself a beverage. I'm not sure what just happened. I did. I've been left and then made a loud sound. Yeah. No, he just got coffee. It's cool we're not doing a show here, Vinny. You just go ahead. Do what Sorry. you want. But I, okay, so I love the idea of you know, the idea that life becomes automated and what is man without work? You know, I think that's scary. I think we yeah. need another movie reference. Wally. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, she's pulling every reference. You know. I love it that Megan is the one doing that this time. I know. I, that is the best part about that. True. We do right. have the tendency to, we, we could become sled like creatures on sleds. Um, 
But what if our work was, what, again, I will be the poet. What if our work was creating art and music and poetry? But what about people like me who aren't creative? How am I supposed to do that? Right. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> just keep going. I like the way this is sounding right now. Just we do it. tend towards consumption. I think that is, that's true. Yeah. And then if we don't have the ability to create, we just become consumers mm. and, and we're not very discriminating consumers. And yes. Okay. Um, can I tell you, this is, a, this is a side note too. We got great stories. We got to get to these things. Um, if you had a good virtual reality, did I talk about the study technology? No. I want mm. that. I have never thought about buying a virtual reality headset more oh, I have some. than since we started this. But you, you have really? Oh, it's downstairs. Yeah. You. <laughs> I but, was but like, for school. I watch counseling sessions and I stand in my room and look around. <laughs> wow. <laughs> great. Oh, it's man. Really that's fun. Cool. That'd be fun. I would love it. Okay. So I want virtual reality tech to be so to the point where you can go there with someone. Right. So yeah. like if my wife and I wanted to go on a date trapped at our home, we could be like, all right, where do you want to go? Let's go to Tahiti or whatever. And then you put your headsets on and then you can just hang out and do, or, or, Hey, how about we go on an adventure? We'll go like, we'll do national treasure, but just us, you know, um, <laughs> that would be cool. cool. Right. Yeah. Um, national treasure. <laughs> that would be fun. I would, that'd be great. That'd be really the cool. Masons are evil. Um, That'd be great. Funny you know? that that's like literally the second choice you came up with. Like that's high on your list. We just read now. We just read it. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. We just watched that's it. High on your day. list. You stop doing this often, don't you? I did a week. <laughs> I would love to think about it. He walks in. Chris often walks into a muse museum with his family and goes, I bet I could steal that. Like, <laughs> I want to, I look at, I look at famous works of art. And I'm like, I bet if I rub lemon all over the back of that, it would reveal a map. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's how they don't let me go to the Huntington Museum anymore. Um, Christine is like, I've, you brought a lemon? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sir, you're going to have to leave a lemon outside. I don't understand what you're talking about. This is for my lunch. I'm going to make lemonade. <laughs> Sir, not again. Um, anyway. So have you guys ever seen this idea where your friends could send you on like a jet ride? You can pay money to go on, a, on like a I have never seen this before. No. This is a thing. Okay, so my kids and I have been watching extreme sports point of view videos on YouTube mm. uh, on the TV. And we will stand very close to the television to pretend we're doing a virtual reality. Um, and okay, like <laughs> throw the blanket over the TV. Oh, I, this has been great. Yeah. So my my uh, my eighth grader and I, we've been doing this like together as a joke. <laughs> so we did Splash Mountain, and we went to the Splash Mountain like, and like I blew in, and we're kind of a little bit too. Wet. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. She's like, "Did you just spit on me?" <laughs> Maybe a little. Um, <laughs> I would love to just hear these oh stories gosh. from Christina's point of view. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, like from the other room with As no real context. has to watch this in her home. Oh, have you seen, but have you seen like the guys who do the flying squirrel suits and yep. they, yes. they will jump off of cliffs and like coast down mountains. Um, I'm not, I just, I've realized just from watching the YouTube videos, I am not an extreme sports person. Like I'm just not, like, that's not. You just realized this? <clears throat> no, I've known it for a while. I just wanted to sound good for the radio, for the show. Uh, would, thanks, Megan. Thanks for calling me out. I would <laughs> want to try the squirrel suit. Every time suits. I post something about skydiving, I get a huge all caps <laughs> no from Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That is my feeling about that. Um, I just don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of it. Anyway, so so there. I feel like there's one of my 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 soul people. I don't know what's the word. Someone I would I relate to. Just a, a soul, a man. Anyway, this guy, uh, so this guy gets a trip where his friends send him on a jet uh, and he gets to do like an extreme like jet ride. <laughs> and I think he reacts the way I would react. He panics and just starts freaking out and, uh, and ends up ejecting himself on accident at 2,500 feet. <laughs> oh, there's Fantastic. so much that I love about this because first off, you have the guy that's panicking and it's like, you think the first thing they would tell you when you would get in a plane is if you panic, just hold onto the seat in front of you. Don't pull anything. Yeah. Don't. Like, think I that would be think, the first yeah. rule. Like rule number Here's one. a big, don't touch this button. Or how about right? like, anything? You're a guest in this airplane. Hands to yourself. Yeah. Hands yeah. yourself. Well, I guess they have to have like in case of emergency, right? He should know. I guess. Um, yeah. 
but he was so scared he went to grab for something and accidentally pressed the eject button. According to the report, he was shot into the air and glided with a parachute before hitting the ground in a tumble near the German border, which also makes it better. He His invaded Germany. It wasn't properly fastened. Yeah. <laughs> flew this, <off>. is, <laughs> this is, this sounds like, like the movie Behind Enemy Lines. Yeah. Over near, close to the German border. It's not <laughs> <a> German. <laughs> Was I, he dropped the last line just makes me think of the pilot. He wasn't seriously injured, and the pilot, who suffered minor injuries to his face during the commotion, was able to land the plane safely. I just want to, I'd love to get the, I would love to sit down in a pub with the pilot and hear yeah. his relating of the story. He goes home, he, go, he goes to his local pub with all his buddies, and he goes, you are not going to believe this. <laughs> with like scratch marks on his face. You know, just, brother, what happened? Oh, you're not going to believe the day I had today. <laughs> he's a moron he's in my plane you see Hold on. i want to i, I want to know what kind of plane this was because if that means if the, he pulled the ejection seat that means the whole canopy like the whole, the whole canopy flew off yeah, yeah. And so, so you know this job i have i air. i fly these rich yahoos around in my plane you know this yeah this is what i do you know, and then this yeah. stupid this moron freaks out. He starts grabbing my helmet. He's pulling on my face. I don't know what's happening, right? You know, just just sit back in the back seat and wet yourself. Get on with it, you know. But look at this. He shoots the canopy off. He's moron. Anyway, that, that, oh, I'd love to be there. I'd love to be there. But this, this somebody needs to animate that. Just oh. that whole like thirty second clip you just did. Usually, usually they just throw up in their helmet, right? Which is gross, right? But it's part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> When I went skydiving, I was asking the guy who's like attached to me, um, like, like, do people ever like throw up? Because then it would just like go on to you. And he said that's never happened to him, but he gets a lot of spit all over his face because everyone opens their mouth. Ah, like, <laughs> the spit all comes out of their mouth onto his face. And like, he gets a lot of bloody noses. Like, people get bloody noses while they're doing it, and it gets all over him. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ooh, that's so nasty. Because well, thank you. before we went, like I jumped out, I was like, I was like holding <laughs> my mouth super close. I didn't want to get spit on him. I if wow, not that I would do that anytime soon because that doesn't make sense to me. But it's like it's like why would why would you jump out of a plane with your mouth open? There's so many things you could catch. Like it just makes sense to keep that's your mouth open. Actually, never. I'm gonna stop your sentence at why would you jump out of a plane. <laughs> That is what I'm going to stop your sentence. Yeah. Why would you jump out of a plane? Period. That's where I'm at on that. That's fair. But, you know, people who do it say it's amazing. And Megan, how was the experience? It was amazing. Would you do it again? I would do it again. See, my favorite take, my oldest, we went on Space Mountain and uh, when he was young. And it was he's just, just big enough to get on. He's excited. We do it. And, and we got out and we go, how was that? Oh, it was great. I loved it. Hey, do you want to go again? This line's really short. I don't ever want to do that no. again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about watching skydiving videos. Um, okay. So I just, I just Googled what this plane looks like. Yeah. The whole canopy would have to blow up, like to, to blow off. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. kind of a cool plane to go on a flight. It's a, it's a cool oh, plane, but the thing is that sweet. to get ejected oh, out of that and then just be in that jet with like, you know, windshield. Yeah. The pilot, man. Well, Hey, we have definitely crossed over the line of when we were supposed to be done with the show we covered all the stories we had on the slate today yay it's here for the afternoon morning show everybody um <laughs> so as always this has been the afternoon morning show brought to you by everyday catholic everyday catholic is a 501c3 and we depend on the support of listeners like you if you're enjoying the show or any of the things that everyday catholic's doing and if you haven't been to the site check out the blogs and some of the episodes on our episode or some of the clips of our episode on confession um and uh we'd love it if you would join us with a monthly pledge so hey thanks for listening Vinny and megan it's been great um and we will catch you guys next time.